past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello and welcome to The Career Confidant. We're glad that you've joined us here today and you are going to be glad that you've joined us, especially if you've been thinking about an opportunity to expand your reach, expand your network, and expand your influence because today we're going to be talking about how to land a board position and we have an excellent guest with us, Deborah Boggs and Deborah Boggs is the co-founder and, and of DNS Professional Coaching and Deborah, you work with executives to help them get the tools they need to be in the job market and specifically today we're going to be talking about board positions. So thank you for joining us. Thank you, Marie. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so board positions, uh, I was just looking at an article that was a little bit old, it was from 2017, and it was talking about how competitive it was, and although that can still be true, things have changed a little bit, and boards are looking for more individuals, they're, they're looking for some diversity. Tell us a little bit about why this opportunity has come about in the last few years. Yeah, absolutely, great question. You know, the the playing field for board level opportunities has really widened um, and a lot, you know, for for gender diversity and for, you know, for diverse um, populations of all kinds because where, um, you know, where used to be boards were very homogenous and driven by networking and, and who knows who. Now, you know, as, as companies are making a bigger shift for diversity and inclusion and equity principles, so are their boards. And and there's also some regulations coming out around the United States in the last few years around this, too, that's really forcing boards to change. And that's really important because it's really opening up those opportunities for groups that may have thought, well, what's the point before? And now there's really, you know, there's really an opportunity in in some seats on the boards um, for, you know, um, underrepresented, you know, racial groups and gender and, um, and even LGBTQ, you know, diverse um you know, boards are really looking for diverse perspectives, and that can come from a lot of different, you know, diverse experiences as well. And so, you know, I had a client earlier today saying, you know, not only is she a black woman, but because of that, she has a lot of life experiences that bring that she can bring to a board because she has diverse perspectives than where a lot of other people on the board may not. And so um, that's what a lot of boards are looking for right now. Um, and so it's just a really great time to explore opportunities. Yeah, and it is interesting, and there's some research, right, and I think it was um, Goldman Sachs that did some research that companies that had more diversity on their board were better performance, and this is part of what kicked off this this new legislation and, and new push for diversity, and it really crosses all the types of diversity, right? It's age, it's gender, it's ethnic background. It's any way that you can get more diverse perspectives in a team and on a board, you're mm-hmm. going to get better performance. And of course, we're seeing that companies are making this switch. So we talked a little bit about um, why the opportunity is there. How does a board level candidate find these opportunities or how can they see what might be op- op- options for them? Yeah, so, you know, that's that's a great question. There's a lot of different ways that that a candidate can start finding opportunities and it can seem a little a little um 
you know, nebulous, right? Because there's not a lot of job postings for, for board opportunities. You don't necessarily look online and apply for a role. Uh, but there are several different ways that you can identify opportunities or throw your hat in the ring. And one of those is that um, a lot of executive search firms have either they specialize in board level placements or they have board level divisions. And so search firms like Spencer Stewart, Caldwell Partners, Wick Kiefer, and Corn Ferry all either specialize in board level roles or they have large divisions that really focus on that. And then some boutique executive search firms, uh, like my friends with the Fox Search Group, that um, they specialize in high-level IT roles, uh, they also place board-level candidates. Um, and so, you know, reaching out to recruiters in the industries, um, you know, that you may be interested in for, for board-level roles is helpful and kind of one of those ways where you can find opportunities. Um, and then it never hurts to be you know, involved in some organizations that do board level training um, because it can start helping you build your network with other, you know, people who are either currently on boards or thinking about joining boards or, you know, really prepping for that. And so joining um, and taking some training through the National Association of Corporate Directors or the Private Directors Association, PDA, um, which I know PDA has chapters all over the country too, so you can meet in person with um, a lot of people and start your network there. Um, and then organizations like Board Source have, um, you know, training and opportunities on, on their platform. Um, and then there's also a lot of industry or population-specific organizations that help match potential candidates with opportunities. So, um, you know, big organizations like Women on Boards or Black Women on Boards, the 50-50 Women on Boards program, or a client of mine today um, is uh, with the Stanford Women on Boards program. So I know Stanford has their own program, Harvard has their program. Um, so there's a lot of different kind of entry points into starting to build that network and letting the universe know you're open to a board role. Ah, yeah, that's so many opportunities if you research that. And, of course, um, networking, right? As, in, as with any job search, when we are thinking about getting on a board, probably just reaching out and talking to some senior leaders in your industry. Um, any thoughts around how that works for these types of yeah. roles? Absolutely. You know, that is definitely the most important piece of this is, you know, uh, the key to finding an opportunity is to brand yourself as an expert and then get out there and network, right? And so, um, you know, make your interests known. I, I tell my clients, you know, not uh, to let the, let the universe know you're open to opportunities. And by that, I mean, don't keep it a secret. Um, you know, let your network know that this is something you're looking for. Um, you know, uh, maybe find some people who are currently sitting on boards in areas that would be interest of interest to you and, you know, start casually networking with them and see if they'll do, you know, informational interview, talk about offer any guidance um, or, you know, maybe even act as references if you already know them. Um, that way when a board position comes available and when a vacancy comes up, you know, you'll be top of mind. So it's important to network, um, you know, be active in your industry, be active in your, you know, functional area of expertise and in organizations. Um, as uh, my friend and executive recruiter, who I know you know, Murray, Gina Riley said recently to me, we were talking about a board level candidate, and she said, "No one's going to pluck, uh, no one's going to pluck you from obscurity. You have to be visible, and you have to network." <laughs> well, yes, and that's so true. So I just got on a board. It's not a corporate board. It's a, I don't know how to explain it. It's not a nonprofit. It's a, a 
Moon Baby is kind of a nonprofit, but it's a high level nonprofit, like kind of being on a healthcare board, right? It's and and so mm-hmm. that I, I was invited, but it's because of networking, having an individual that is on this organization's leadership that has been in our circle, presented at our organization's events, etc. And so when you make those connections, you can get the opportunities, but yeah, probably not going to happen very often that someone reaches out to you. You've got to make it a little bit more known that you're interested. So I love all those ideas that you shared. What if someone's doing like their first or they've never been on a board? Would you recommend that they try getting on a high profile nonprofit board first? Are there ways to get some of those skills if they are never have been on a corporate board or think they might not have what it takes yet? Yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, everyone who um, is on a board had to get on their first board, right? And so um, it is possible to break into board work. And I can't remember which year. I believe it was 2020, but no one look it up. Um, but Spencer Stewart's board report um, had cited that uh, 27% of board directors were there, were coming on their first uh, board role that year. And so, um, you know, it is possible to break in. And what I do tell people is um, that a couple of things, think about your board adjacent work, you know, so you may not have sat on a board, but if you've been in senior leadership level roles, you have interfaced with the board or done board level work. So, you know, have you sat on the executive committee? Have you presented to the board? Did you sit on a board committee? Um, Did you have, um, you know, did you lead a corporate-wide initiative or, you know, um, or strategic priority? Things like that to think about, you know, not just your sat on a board and had a specific role, but what are the ways that you've impacted corporate-level strategy and corporate-level strategic initiatives in a way that might touch the board, um, because those are things that you want to call out and make make really obvious. And then the other piece is, you know, boards are looking for specific skills, and it's going to be the high-level um, the high level skills that you can actually find in board skill matrices, usually in the company's SEC documents if they're public. Um, you know, if the companies that you're thinking about aren't public, it's kind of helpful to look at um, maybe companies in that industry that are just to kind of see what their typical um, board skills are, but they're going to be general things like, uh, but high level. So like audit and accounting, um, corporate social responsibility, uh, risk management, governance. Um, a big one right now is uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Cybersecurity is really becoming more popular on boards too. And so when you when a board is evaluating a new candidate, they're going to see what skills does the new board candidate bring to the table that are either underrepresented or aren't found in the current board makeup, right? Especially if someone's coming off the board and they're taking, say, they're the only person with cybersecurity experience, they're going to need someone with that piece of of functional knowledge. Um, And so think about what you bring to the table that maybe other board candidates may not. And that's a good way to kind of as an entry point as well. Yeah, it's very interesting just to think about that, uh, you know, they've got to have these skill sets. They also need people that are going to ask the hard questions, that um, do their research. So I've had clients applying to board roles, many of whom are already on board, so it's a little easier to make the the connections. But, (laughs) you know, they're looking for some of those skills and, and the interaction, as you said, with the executives and boards 
even if you haven't been on a board role, you can demonstrate that, which is, of course, where we're going to go next. When we come back from our break, we're going to talk more about resumes and what you need to put on this resume. And you've just given us a great background for that because, as you said, we're really thinking about the specific skills that a board is looking for and how we can communicate those. So we're gonna take a short break and when we come back, we'll dive more into the resume piece and of course LinkedIn profile, they go hand in hand in terms of what you wanna have on there to stand out and, and appeal to a board that you might be wanting to join. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Ritas is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on The Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. are tuned into the career confidant with marie zimanoff if you have a question or comment for marie or her guest today please call 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 you may also send an email to marie at a strategic advantage.com now back to the career confidant Hello and welcome back to the Career Confidant. Today we're talking with Deborah Boggs from DNS Professional Coaching about getting a board role and how you can get started even if it's your first role. And just a plug here that for the Career Thought Leaders Symposium coming up in April in Philadelphia, we're going to be live in person in Philadelphia April 10th through the 13th. And Deborah is actually going to be doing a presentation on board resumes with examples and everything all included. So we're excited for that. This is a little preview, if you will, for that uh, presentation. And it's such great information. Deborah, thank you for sharing that. So we've talked about this a little bit, but who needs a board resume? If anyone is applying for a board role, do they need a board resume? 
Um, so I find that a board resume is helpful because it's different than a career resume in a lot of different ways. So, and we'll talk about those in a minute. Um, but typically, you know, the people that need a board resume or that's helpful to start thinking about it, um, you know, my clients tend to be people that are either rolling off of their corporate career and are looking to really kind of give, um, give their expertise in a new way, um, or they're planning on, you know, downshifting their corporate career in the next five to ten years and are looking to build up their board work now. Um, or people that have held numerous advisory level roles or nonprofit board roles and are looking to make that leap into paid or for-profit board seats. Um, and then, you know, a lot of times it can be current or previous board leaders maybe who have found their positions through networking that didn't need a board resume before but are now really focusing their search and their next board role and they have clarity around their opportunities and what they're really interested in. Um, but I would say either way, the key to the resume is create it before you think you need it, um, because it was incredibly embarrassing, but I recently joined a, uh, a board for an organization that I'm really involved in and I really, um, you know, value and support. And when I had thrown my hat and ring to, to join the board, they asked me for a resume and guys, I didn't have one, um, as someone who writes board resumes every day. So it is helpful to have one even before you think you need it. Yes, yes, yes. I'm very happy that the board I just joined didn't ask for one. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, the whole, like, shoemaker's shoes, no. Um, so Absolutely. If we're, yeah, if we're getting ready to put together a resume, you just alluded to this a little bit, but how is a board resume different from a career resume or a resume that someone would use to apply for a, a senior-level job? Yeah, so great question. So the rules are a little different around a board resume. And, you know, there's a, not a ton of published best practices in this space, but what I can tell you from kind of what all of the executive search, um, you know, recruiters in this space and, and experts in this space um, require, there's a set of, set of general rules. And one of them is um, that you're going to have less details on your board resume than you are on a, on a career resume for your day-to-day work. So, you know, your, your day-to-day responsibilities are not going to be important for board roles. Um, instead, you're going to want to focus on your highest level value and achievements, kind of those areas you had mentioned earlier where you're, you're you know, leading corporate um, transformation, you're making a big impact, you're, you know, um, delivering, you know, revenue growth, things like that, whatever your biggest level, um, your highest level achievements are. And then the industries you've worked in, the scope of your leadership, how many people, where were they located? Do you have international experience? Do, you know, do you, you know, and then a lot of those skills that we um, just talked about. Um, so you want to think about kind of keeping a little shorter and a good rule of thumb is to keep it to no more than maybe three bullets per job, um, even if it's your most recent job, because you're really keeping it high level. There's no page limit to this. I know a lot of people like to ask, does it need to be a page? Can it be two pages? I My rule of thumb is, you know, as many pages as it takes to include relevant information um, in a readable format. So if your board resume a lot of times will be one page because they're going to be shorter, but if you already have a lot of board experience or you have a lot of advisory board roles and things like that, you may be on two pages and that's okay. Um, the bonus about how your career resume and your board resume are different is there is no need to hide your age or try to, you know, minimize your experience um, by omitting dates and things like that in a board resume because they're going to expect you to come with a wealth of, of background and, and, and experience. And so um, you don't need to worry about ageism. 
Yeah, we really want to show that depth of experience. And um, anything else that you would say people really want to include on that resume, especially for someone who's never held a board role? You talked about this a little bit, but just to refresh Yeah, so, um, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, that board adjacent work. So any, any committee level work you've, you've worked on or executive committee, um, anything where you kind of understand the group dynamics, uh, would be helpful. And then it's always, you know, important to add the soft skills too. So collaboration and, you know, the ability to work as part of a team because you don't necessarily want to come at it as, the leader of all the things and then not look like someone that, that the rest of the board would want to work with because they're really, you know, looking for that, um, you know, when they, when, um, when boards are looking for new members, they're looking for skills alignment to the company's strategic direction. And then as we talked about the skills that match um, the current board's composition and really um, add to their current composition and then the cultural fit to the board. So, you know, are you going to be likable? Are you going to be someone who kind of fits the mission and values of the organization and things like that are important to include as well? Yeah, good. Making those connections, drawing the dots so that people can see how you would add that value. Um, Are there anything... What else should people have prepared for this type of role? Is there a special kind of letter? What should they do with their LinkedIn profile? Yeah, great question. You know, if I'm working with a client who's preparing their kind of first board portfolio, I typically suggest that the board resume is an important piece and then also to have a one-page kind of formal career bio because some recruiters and some um, search firms will ask for the board resume and some will ask for a bio. And it's just helpful to give them the information in whatever way they're used to seeing it. Um, so it's helpful to kind of get those things up to date and ready to go all at once. And so the, the um, board bio can be kind of your career narrative, usually kind of in a formal one page. Oh, and on the bio and on the um, board resume, I forgot to mention, it is completely appropriate and expected to add your photo. So um, whereas on a career resume, you wouldn't typically add your photo, you can on a board resume and it's usually expected. And then the other piece that is absolutely crucial and imperative um, is a LinkedIn profile, an up-to-date, fully filled out LinkedIn profile. You know, if you're going to spend time on your board resume and you're going to spend time writing your bio, it's really helpful to have a LinkedIn profile that puts out there the first impression that you want anyone to see because, you know, in most cases, people will see your LinkedIn profile before they'll meet you in person. So it's your opportunity to, you know, make the first impression. Um, And so for LinkedIn, think about, you know, if you haven't already have a professional headshot taken um, at the board level, that's going to be expected. You know, it'll be a small investment toward kind of really putting your best foot forward. Um, And then your LinkedIn profile is your opportunity to maybe add a little little more personality than you can at a board resume or a bio. You know, add something like your your personal mission statement, why you're interested in board work. Um, You know, a little bit more about your career and, and, and what you plan to bring to board roles, things like that. So it's important to kind of have that LinkedIn profile ready to go before you start your search. Yeah, and we know that that's so important, but if they've I haven't updated it specifically for their board presence. That's going to be important and before they launch this. And it's going to be looked at by everyone, right? So we want to know that that is ready to go. 
yes, everyone is going to look at it. Even if you don't look at LinkedIn very often or that it's not important in your day-to-day work, it is important in a lot of people, then it will be the first place most people go. Is the LinkedIn profile, like especially the about section, how different do you make that from the uh, bio that you were talking about? Um, That's a great question. I don't feel like it needs to be wildly different, except the best practice in LinkedIn is to make it first person instead of third person. So in the bio, you would say, you know, um, Jane Doe did this, this, and this. But in the LinkedIn profile, you want it to be really coming from you to sound a little bit more authentic and a little more conversational. So while it can still maybe be an overview of your career, um, you, you need to, you know, kind of adapt it a little bit to be first person. Um, I like to make it, you know, shorter, shorter bites of information rather than long paragraphs uh, because no one's going to read long paragraphs, right? So if it's important information that you want read, um, do, you know, short uh, bullets of information, maybe of your career highlights or um, the skills that you feel like you bring to a board. And then in the summary section, you can also include a little bit about your personality, um, you know, add a little bit more about your, um, your maybe personal life or hobbies or things like that that you wouldn't necessarily include in a resume. But that way it kind of brings a little bit more life to your, to your candidacy and helps set you apart from the other, um, you know, the other candidates. Yeah, I love that. So, Deborah, as we talked about, you're going to be giving a little bit more in-depth presentation at our CTL symposium. I'm excited about that in April, but most of our listeners probably won't be joining us there, and some may be job seekers who, of course, wouldn't be joining us there. So tell people how they can find you and connect with you and learn more from you, because you're just putting out some great content day in and day out uh, that'll be so helpful to people. Oh, thank you so much. Well, to see kind of uh, content on a regular basis, find me and connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, you can find me, uh, my LinkedIn name is just Deborah Boggs, D-E-B-R-A-B-O-G-G-S. Um, and then my uh, company website is D-S, as in David Sam, ProCoaching.com. Excellent. DSProCoaching.com. And Deborah, maybe just one takeaway or uh, highlight today, what's one tip that you would send people out with if they're thinking about joining a board? What's the most important thing for them to do to get started? Um, you know what? This is a really great question. I was talking to a client about this earlier today. I find that when people start thinking about wanting to join boards, they already have all of the background and qualifications that they would need. And it's really more important about getting clear about the type of board they want to join because it's going to be a time commitment. And so it's best to really focus in on what you want to do, what, you, what you're passionate about, where you feel like you can be of the most value. Because once you build all the documents and tell the university you're looking for board roles, more than likely things will, will go your way and you'll get opportunities. And then I find, you know, my clients tend to be a little high, you know, high achieving. And so then you'll get over, you know, over um, committed to a lot of things that maybe you're not as passionate about because you were just looking for a board role. So it's really important to get clear about your priorities and your personal mission and what you align with before you get started, because it helps you find the right role and not get inundated with a lot of things that maybe don't make sense. And then you've made a commitment. Ah, Excellent. Yeah. And really knowing what you're wanting to get out of this experience before you dive in and, 
Deborah, thank you so much for sharing all of your expertise. That's so great for anyone who's looking to get a board role. We are going to take a short break, and when we come back, we are going to talk a little bit more about other types of board roles. So if you're not an executive, you're not in the corporate leadership role yet, but you're thinking, how do I set myself up for success Maybe you want to grow your career. Maybe you're thinking about how to advance your career, but there's not a lot of opportunities internally. We'll talk about some other types of board roles or volunteer opportunities that can add to your resume, help you advance your career. When we come back, we're going to say goodbye to Deborah. Deborah, thank you so much. And we'll be right back here on The Career Confidant. know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. are tuned into the career confidant with marie zimanoff if you have a question or comment for marie or her guest today please call 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 you may also send an email to marie at a strategic advantage.com now back to the career confidant hello and welcome back to the career confidant and we just had an excellent First part of the show with Deborah Boggs talking about where and how and how to position yourself for a corporate board role. But I know that many of my listeners may not feel like they're in that position yet at that level where they're ready for that type of role. So let's talk about all of the other ways that you can expand your network, expand your skill set, and build your resume for opportunities that you might move towards in the future. There are lots of opportunities in your local community and now in the virtual space to further your career as a volunteer in in some kind of board capacity. And of course, there's just tons of opportunities. And as Deborah was just saying before she signed off, we want to think about what are we looking for out of this opportunity? Is it a skill set that you want to flex and grow? Is it a network that you want to get deeper into? 
is it a visibility within your community, maybe a network in a little bit different way? What is it that you might get out of this opportunity? And a lot of people don't think about this, but there are professional associations for every kind of work in every corner of the world. And now that things are virtual, there's oftentimes opportunities to join boards, join join these types of opportunities remotely. So here's just some of the thoughts that have come up in the past. And let's start with the industry boards because that's an opportunity that a lot of people don't explore. Maybe you think it's too much time and you want to, you know, you want to know that, you want to know how much time it's going to take. But oftentimes these roles really don't take that much time and they provide you with an opportunity to build your network inside your industry. And we're seeing more and more that career advancement is within your industry, not necessarily within your existing company. So if you want to have mobility and that kind of long-term adaptability in your career, having a good network across your industry will help you do that. And professional associations give you that opportunity. And oftentimes, if you go to professional association meetings, depending on who you are and how you operate, you may walk away with some information, but it, it depending on how the event is set up, it might be hard to meet people, it might be hard to really build visibility for yourself. Here's where you would start. Find that board, that leadership for that organization, and start talking to those people. What are they doing? What is the board up to? When, uh, you know, what types of initiatives are they working on? Oftentimes the easiest place to get onto a board, even at a large, you know, large industry association, is as some kind of volunteer for a committee. You don't have to step on to a leadership role. You don't have to be the chair of something. Step in at the committee level, see how the board is operating, see what they're doing that fits your needs, and get to know people. You might find out that, hey, this board's kind of helter-skelter, not really ran that well, not a good fit for me because I don't have time for that. Or you might find, you know, hey, they've got the this button down and I can jump in and plug in. Or maybe they're helter-skelter and it brings me an opportunity to step in as a leader and make some changes and have an even bigger success story on my, my resume moving forward. But the industry boards are really all about networking, but having that consistent opportunity to connect with an individual or a small group on a regular basis. And now we can do that across the globe and we can make sure that we're tapped in to our network at a deeper level. Join a committee, find out what they're doing, what initiatives are they working on, and then join something that again uses those skills that you want to use, grows that part of of the skill set or skills that you like to use and maybe are comfortable with. Um, And that industry opportunity can be great. When I first started my career, one of the first things that I did as a student in the career development program was join our Colorado Career Development Association board. And it was a smaller role. I think it was like a regional connection role where your job was to 
reach out to people in the region and stay connected and maybe have some events. And then I got asked to be the president of the of the association. And that was an awesome learning opportunity for me to step in and do that. It was a bigger time commitment. Um, thankfully, I had flexibility because I was running my own business at that point. But it did give me the start really to everything that I'm doing now by taking that role. Similarly, attending organizational events and meeting people, got asked to be the, the president of a national association. Same thing, more contacts, more leadership, more opportunity, and met the met the founders of the career thought leaders and resume writing organization that I run now. So it can be an opportunity to really step out of your, your space, um, step up from what you're doing, and meet people. Our local HR chapter had a, a position helping get people for the events, so help get the speakers. And another lady and I ran that part of it. It also meant that I got to check people in at the in-person events and meet people. And that was how I landed my first corporate consulting gig was I was on the program committee. So I got to do a program eventually. And the people in the audience, one of the, the people in the audience chose me to come in and do some corporate consulting based on the presentation that I gave. This networking, building in a name for yourself, for me as an introvert, also having a purpose, having a reason to connect, but I, I can trace probably 90% of the success in my career back to professional associations, which is why I'm so passionate about them, and I do think they offer you a great opportunity. The other place that I got a lot of my experience and connections and confidence as a leader was in nonprofit boards. And I started on the board of a very small nonprofit uh, that did career and educational training. And on that board, got the opportunity to, that board needed fundraisers and fundraising was not my skill. So I dug in and found other places that I could offer my expertise and, and the ways that I could bring value in their programming. So they were doing some programming in the career space. I helped them set up some of that program, intake forms, et cetera. But then I had the opportunity to create and do a professional annual review for the executive director with the board president, had the opportunity to do some training and strategic planning with the organization that was completely new for me, got the opportunity to deliver some training for the staff in strengths and strengths-based work. So board opportunities, even, you know, this was a very small nonprofit. I think they had five staff, huge opportunities for me to add value, but also to grow my skill set and test some things that I was learning in different areas of my life and professionally and bring value to the organization and make lifelong, uh, lifelong colleague professional friendships as well. The awesome part about local boards, local small nonprofits, is that oftentimes they will take anyone. <laughs> you do want to be careful. You want to think about what skills you want to use and really ask what skill sets are they looking for? What does their board do? And sometimes the board is a fundraising board. Are those skills you want to use? Sometimes the board is a governance board. 
And they're really in charge, like in this nonprofit, of doing the annual reviews of the staff and setting up some some structures for the organization. Sometimes the board is an advisory board. So my board for career thought leaders is an advisory board, and they give strategic input and strategic decisions of how the organization is run to match our stakeholder needs from all the different populations that we serve. And so boards can take on different structures at the nonprofit or uh, small, even for-profit types of boards. And you want to understand what that board looks like and, and how you might get onto that type of board and what types of value you might be able to offer. Our local United Way, so the nonprofit support system in the local area, had a board file where you could see all the different nonprofits that were looking for board members. And oftentimes they did give you some information in terms of what they were looking for from those board members. But if you're interested in just getting started, building your network, building your influence, getting some of these skills, I would highly recommend checking out whatever type of organization it is that supports nonprofits in your community, whether it's a United Way or a nonprofit resource center, and likely they will have a list of nonprofits in the area and looking for board members or volunteers. And again, you could join as a committee volunteer for a larger board or jump right onto the board for a smaller organization, whatever fits your needs. This is one of the main ways that I talk with young professionals about developing their careers. And this is happening a little bit less now that our our workforce has shifted, but there was a time when it was hard for young professionals to get leadership experience. There weren't places to move up into. There weren't, you know, a lot of opportunities. And if you're feeling like there's a ceiling at your current job and you can't just jump ship and, and leave to find the next thing, this is a great way to build a bridge for yourself. Go find a nonprofit board where you can meet some people, show people your skills, and have the opportunity to create a few more champions for yourself while building some great content to put on your resume. It's an awesome way to fill the gaps if you have any gaps in skills between where you are and where you want to go, and definitely to fill gaps in networking or people who know you outside of your current organization that might be able to vouch for you to make a move. They'll actually get to see you in action uh, in a professional setting versus going to volunteer at you know some other nonprofit where you'd just be doing you know like filling food bags at the food at the food co-op. That's a great thing to do, but it's likely not going to help move forward your career. So if you're looking for an opportunity to build your your skills and influence, find a place where you could sit on their nonprofit board and work those skills that you want to work. Do you want to do marketing? Do you want to learn digital marketing? Do you want to learn fundraising? Do you want to, you know, take on that leadership role in a different way? They're always looking for finance people. Finance and marketing have it pretty easy uh, to get on a nonprofit board. Um, And if you're younger, young professional, and you have that just use of social media that you do more innately, uh, many organizations still looking for those young people to bring those skills to their organization and help them get the word out. So lots of opportunities to get on to either a professional 
organization board, start as a committee member, then move your way in, or on a nonprofit board where you can tap into some of those. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll talk about something maybe just a step up, some of those bigger, high-profile boards in your community that if you're more in the middle of your career, not quite at that corporate board level, but thinking how can you start to take some of those steps, those types of boards might offer a great opportunity. Take a short break, and we'll be back in just a few minutes. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Defeat the Chaos with Corey Harris and Julie Traxler hits on topics every week that affect small business owners across this country. They provide insights that show entrepreneurs how to reduce stress, wear fewer hats, and work shorter hours. Take your business from being owner-dependent and stagnant to growth-ready and process-driven every Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. tuned into the career confidant with marie zimanoff if you have a question or comment for marie or her guest today please call 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 you may also send an email to marie at a strategic advantage.com now back to the career confidant Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and today we've been talking about boards. So Deborah Boggs talked about corporate boards at the beginning of our show and how you can get on those, what you need on your corporate board resume, excellent information, and if you are in the career services profession, you work with clients who might want to be furthering their career with any type of board, feel free to join us in April. As I said, we'll be in Philadelphia, and Deborah will be presenting at our annual symposium in Philadelphia. We also think about every level of career and how can they advance their careers. And as I shared before the break, I often find professional association boards or volunteer committees to be a great place for people to start, as well as nonprofit, local nonprofit types of boards. Now, I want to move into some of maybe the more high-profile types of boards if you've got someone who's a little further on in their career and a nonprofit board doesn't quite fit for them. I've worked with several senior-level but not C-level professionals who've had other experiences that provide a similar opportunity but at the right level. And here's a few examples. So there are 
oftentimes are larger, more prominent, prestigious boards in a community. For the community I was in most recently, it was the museum board. The museum board was a big board. They had heavy hitters, but you didn't have to be a C-level or executive level professional to serve on that board. And oftentimes serving on that board would propel people to that next level because of the networking that they were doing in that role and the other people on that board. And the just the service, you know, it's that much more, that much more oversight, that much more of an organization to be engaged with. So the museum board, the hospital board, some hospital boards are too big and only take, you know, healthcare executives. But this one was just the right size where executives and, and you know, upcoming executives in other types of organizations could get on, on the board, as well as some of your alumni association boards. And you might not think about it, but a lot of times the alumni association board at a university is a pretty prestigious place to be and offers an opportunity to connect uh, across the globe, perhaps, with other prestigious alumni. I've had that opportunity be very influential for my, my colleagues and my, my clients as well. When you think about those higher level boards, oftentimes they do require a mid-level person who's got some leadership experience and maybe more importantly, the right network. Finding people in those boards already, connecting, doing your networking is going to be a big part of how you get onto those more prestigious boards in your community or from your or your university. You may, you know, this may get the juices going about other things that would be at that level for someone who's more mid-career and wants to show that leadership experience. The same opportunities exist in many different ways for you, no matter what industry you're in. You can search professional association for And it may be the industry, it may be the type of role. So there's professional associations for administrative assistants, for paralegals, for different types of roles, as well as for different types of industries. The career services industry, for instance, has many professional associations. Engineering, depending on what type of engineering you are, there really is a professional association for almost anything. If you do a little bit of research, you'll find them, find the people that are in the leadership right now and start making those connections, doing the research to see what it is that they need, what committees do they have, what initiatives are they working on that you might be able to add value to, and of course, use the skills that will move you forward in your career. And this is really where you want to start before you make any of these inquiries as Deborah was speaking to, where do you want to go in your career? Where do you see that next job? And then start looking at the gaps. What do you need to get there? What skill sets do you need? Who might help you get there? And what does that look like as we start talking about the professional networking or job search, but board search, I guess, that you need to go through to get there. And 
identifying those boards. Deborah talked about a, a whole bunch of organizations that help people find corporate boards. You'll find a similar structure, as I mentioned, for nonprofit boards in your community. And then if you're looking at some of those more higher uh, prestige boards or a university alumni board, that's going to be more networking than anything else to get your name out there, to make those connections, build those relationships, and probably demonstrate some thought leadership or, or influence in the area for which you want to be known for. And, and this, you know, foundations, just thinking of other opportunities, foundations, the university foundation often has a board, community college foundations have a board. Wherever you graduated from, going back and doing that research or your local area, even if you didn't graduate from there, sometimes the, the foundation board will take influential community members. Um, finding those opportunities to really spread your wings. And if you're feeling stilted, stuck where you are right now, think about what a couple extra hours a month might look like for some structured, focused networking and opportunity to really demonstrate your skills to people that become your champions, become your mentors, and help you navigate the move towards where you want to go. And when I'm looking at boards, that's what I'd look at. Are there people on that board that have made the moves that I want to make or who are where I want to be? And then by, you know, kind of the give and take, you're going to add value to that board. You're going to have the opportunity to connect with those individuals and build relationships that can help propel your career as well as their organization. It really is a win-win opportunity. We are so excited that you joined us today and we're looking forward to seeing you next week right here on The Career Confidant. In the meantime, if you have ideas or thoughts, please reach out to me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at careerthoughtleaders.com. We look forward to seeing you next week and hearing your ideas for other topics that we might bring on to the show. We'll see you right back here again next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.